You're about to hear a rebroadcast of The Colin McEnroe Show. It was originally recorded November 19th, 2013. <sighs> you know, sometimes I just like to come out here on the range at night and just, you know, be alone. Just me, my horse, and my campfire. I just sometimes have to tip my head back and look at the night sky and how big it is and how small and alone we are in the universe. Hey, whoever's playing the harmonica, can you please stop? I'm trying to be alone with my cowboy thoughts here. That's better. Thank you. Hey, what did I say? There's a time and place for harmonicas. They're great. Don't get me wrong, but not right now. Anyhow, today's show is all about the harmonica, so get ready to meet some of its greatest virtuosos. And now he was detained at JFK when his ocarina turned up in a cavity search. Colin McEnroe. Hey, do I have to come over there with my six-shooter? All right. That's how you get the harmonica players to stop. We, we don't want the harmonica players to stop today, though. We have great harmonica players here. We're going to tell you about the history of the instrument, the nature of the instrument, all the different ways in which it can be played. It is referred to sometimes as the people's instrument. We'll talk a little bit about its reputation in that way. Let me just tell you who's in studio with me right now. Uh, Chris DiPino's uh, here with me. Uh, he's uh, somebody I've known in other contexts. Uh, has uh, the ultimate harmonica story. He was a conductor on the train. Uh, and then he was a Republican uh, Party chairman. Uh, and he's now um, a professional musician, and he plays the harmonica. Don DiStefano is with us. He's a harmonica player, player in the Bernadettes. Ryan Hart is the leader of Ryan Hart and the Blue Hearts. They are all in studio with us um, on the phone. We're going to be talking to Trina Hamilton, Hamlin. Excuse me. We had to find at least one female uh, harmonica player, and actually it wasn't that easy to do, although there are some amazing ones. There aren't that many of them, and we might even talk a little bit about why that is. I don't know if anybody has all that great a theory. but uh, And we're going to start out our conversation right now with a guy that, that other harmonica players uh, seem to bow down to when you mention his name. His name is Howard Levy. Uh, he's a multiple Grammy award winner, composer, uh, and master of the diatonic harmonica. We'll explain what that is, in, or he'll explain what that is in just a second. But Howard Levy, first of all, what is a harmonica? I mean, what's, if you had to explain a harmonica to somebody from outer space who'd never seen one before, what would you tell them? Is this uh, addressed to me? Yeah, yes, oh, addressed hi. to you. Hi. I wasn't sure like which uh, universe I was in there for a second. Yeah, if someone from outer space was coming down, I would say uh, it's a chrome sandwich. But but seriously, uh, it's a very simple instrument in certain ways. It just has uh, a few components. There are these little brass reeds, and they're mounted on reed plates. There's ten of them that you blow into, and there's ten of them that are mounted in the opposite direction that you inhale on. It's called blowing and drawing. And uh, these things are attached to a comb that creates little chambers between the two reed plates. And then the reed plates are covered by what's called reed cover plates. And so uh, it's the only wind instrument that you can play blowing out on as well as breathing in on. And you can get chords and rhythms and play single notes. It's the only wind instrument that plays chords uh, melodies, uh, rhythms, single notes. It's, it's pretty amazing. Now, uh, in your um, identification, you're known as, uh, among other things, the master of the diatonic harmonica. Explain what that is. Is that something that you invented? Do I have that right? 
well, the diatonic harmonica it just means that it's not a chromatic harmonica. It just it's the the cowboy harmonica. You know, here's one in C and just plays you know the C major scale and the the few simple chords and uh, rhythms and things. But what I did, uh, being a, a jazz pianist, when I started playing the diatonic harmonica. Uh, I, I, I first started playing because I wanted to play blues, just like about 99% of people who start playing the harmonica. And it was invented as a German folk instrument, but one of the great accidents in music history is that if you inhale on it, it just plays the blues by itself. And then if you bend notes by changing the dimensions of the inside of your mouth, you get all these amazing bends which coincide perfectly with what you need to play blues. But what happened with me was being a piano player, I was frustrated that all the notes weren't there because on a piano you have all the notes and just about any other instrument, every other instrument except the bugle has all the notes. And so I thought, what, this is ridiculous. This instrument must have all the notes on it. And so I figured out ways of bending notes that I called overblowing and overdrawing that enabled me to play the full chromatic scale on it. So a C harmonica has the same range as a flute now. I mean, a full three, three uh, chromatic octave. So you can play everything in any key. All right. I love the way you illustrate all this stuff. <laughs> this is great. Unless there's another person in the room there with you. Uh, I'm amazed that you can sort of get back and forth and do all that stuff and, and breathe. Well, I've it's... got the phone in one hand, uh, the harmonica in the other, and my coat on because I'm waiting for a taxi to take me to the airport. I'm flying to Buenos Aires, and I'm going to be playing a harmonica festival for Honer. And uh, one of the things that I heard you guys uh, chatting about beforehand was the rarity of female harmonica players. Mm. There's a whole bunch of women harmonica players in Argentina and Brazil. Um, yeah, and as we talk more to the guests, too, we want to talk a little bit about how it does differ all over the world, but maybe this is sort of a good time to talk about it, too. And, yeah, uh, by the way, I saw – I was watching a video today of a class, a young classical harmonica player named Susan Sauer, who I thought was just amazing. Uh, so there, there, are, there are women who do this. Um, and, and I'm going to ask you this, Howard Levy. I'm going to ask some of the other guests about this, too. Um, the, harm, the harmonica has a certain profile here in the United States. It's associated with certain kinds of rock and roll. It's kind of associated with the, the kind of the Dylan era in folk. It's certainly uh, associated with the blues, with James Cotton and Sonny Boy Williamson, people like that. Um, and, and there is a classical repertoire as well. Um, well, the but, classical stuff is, you know, it was all written for the chromatic. And, and and then you've got jazz players like Toots Thielman, and we're going to be right, talking and about that's chromatic as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, I'm just wondering, elsewhere in the world, I mean, you mentioned you're about to take a taxi uh, to the airport to go to Buenos Aires. Um, is the harmonica sort of does it have a bigger or different profile as you travel around the world? Well, in China, it's real popular because, and Japan, it, the instrument really originated there. That was the first, the home of the, the mouth organ was was the Far East, and so the European style harmonica just caught on really, really big in those parts of the world uh, because there was a sound that was already in their culture, a different kind of instrument, but but it had reeds on it and it had a hole you blew through, you know. Mm. So uh, yeah, you know, uh, there's lots of folk music played on it mostly. Really, that's really the majority of it. And then the people who are better musicians will play classical music on the on the chromatic. But uh, it's rare to find people playing jazz on a harmonica because I, I think that there's one really big reason why is that uh, the instrument's invisible to the player. 
you can't see it. Yeah. And it, it's kind of abstract, and you have to visualize something in your mind to really, like, to really see it, you know, because you can't see it. And it's hard to read music on it uh, because you can't, you know, no one can show you, here, put your finger down and here's a C. It, it takes a real commitment to get past the basic structure of the instrument and to get past the things that the instrument does give you. And it does give you some really great stuff, but then to break through to the the, the next levels of difficulty, are, are, it's really too much for most people. They they don't want to they don't want to go through it. You know? I hadn't thought about this as an instrument that you play, but you really can't see yourself playing it, see any part of it really while you're playing it. I never given any thought to that before. Chris DePino, as we were getting ready and trying to get you to on this show, I think you mentioned you were just coming back from the Czech Republic. Uh, have you been playing the harmonica there? I have. I play with Lazzo Decci. Uh, I found that uh, I have a little niche, and it's in Europe, and he's a very, very astute trumpet player, and I, I play his lines on the chromatic and uh, get to improvise a little, and it's just joyful. Well, as, as you're traveling elsewhere in the world, I mean, are, are, do you n- notice a different, I mean, you know, obviously Toots Thielmans, he was really kind of the king of the jazz. He's uh, a god. Yeah, he's a god, all right. Yeah, not he's, the king. He's, he's, a god. he's Belgian. I mean, I don't know. Is this a bigger thing in Europe than it is in America? Or at least I think maybe a different thing anyway. It's different. Yeah. Europe is more cultural. The appreciation for music is much deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense to our American friends, but it's, it's just better in that respect. But music is music, and people like what they hear. And the harmonica, I always felt, was a pleasant instrument to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's not—it's rarely played, so when you hear it, you know it. And I'm just wondering for you, I mean, was this something – I mean, I did know you as when you, in your days as a Republican Party chairman, as a political operative. Was this something that you yeah. – did it be, was a hobby that turned into a profession? Now, what was the arc here for you becoming uh, was, who you are right now? Well, you know, we all have our own harmonica stories. I, I started on the diatonic, and – I was a train conductor going all aboard, watch your step, tickets please, Grand Central, have a nice day. It was 1972, and by 1978, I decided I, I wanted to learn more about this instrument. Uh, so were you playing the harmonica on the train, uh, on the train just to yeah. sort of amuse yourself and the yeah. customers? Yeah. Clackety, clackety, clack, dun, 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 you know, just... Give us, a, give us a little bit here. Well, this is just the diatonic. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, and so the train's running. And uh, then I found Robert Bonfiglio in New York City. Whoever that is. He's uh, one of the world's greatest classical harmonica players, and I would take the train to New York, and then on my free time, I'd study classical music on harmonica with Robert. By the way, as we go along here, if you have questions, I mean, we do have a lot of great harmonica players here. Uh, We've got uh, Howard Levy on the phone, and we've got uh, some great players in the studio here. Tweet us. That's not something that harmonicas do, but you may tweet us at WNPR Colin. Our our tweet master, Greg Hill, uh, is in the studio with us. Maybe it would be interesting to find out sort of the the gateway to the harmonica for all of our guests in here. So um, we – and we just – we heard a little bit of it from Chris DiPino. I think we have a little sense of of Howard Levy and making the transition from the piano to the harmonica. Um, Ryan Hart, how did you – wind up playing the harmonica? Uh, I have uh, brothers that are about 10 years older than I am. So when they were in high school in the early 80s, the Blues Brothers were the big thing on TV Mm -hmm. and the movies. And and one of my brothers had that first live Blues Brothers record that came out before the movie. And uh, I found myself listening to that a lot. And and I liked the sound of the harmonica. And, you know, Dan Aykroyd's no great shakes, but he was pretty good (laughs) back then. And uh, took my Christmas money when I was about 12 and bought a harmonica, and my life has been a mess ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and Don DeStefano, how about you? Um, I started as a teenager. I was really drawn to a lot of the blues rock. Actually, it was blues, but at the time I didn't know it. It was just basically a lot of the British 
and American white rock bands are heavy blues influenced that I really liked. I mean, bands like the Stones, Jay Giles Band. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really turned on by Magic Dick and the Jay Giles Band. And uh, then Paul Butterfield, of course, he was a huge hero of mine, John Mayall. And then eventually through them, I discovered the real practitioners of the blues. And back in the mid-'70s, when I was in, like, my mid-teens, uh, James Cotton was playing a lot in Connecticut here. Yeah. And uh, I saw him probably when I was, like, 16 or so at the time, one of the, I think one of the um, music festivals in the area. And I was just blown away. Mm. I mean, I had heard, like, Butterfield, I heard them, but I'd never seen a guy who was just so powerful. I mean, his tone and just his stage presence at the time was just amazing. And I just got so turned on by him. And actually, I became kind of like a pain in the ass to following him around <laughs> whenever I could, you know, try to get anything, you know, even if he sweat on my figure, maybe I'd pick up so, something from him. And, and uh, You know, Howard Levy was talking before, but, but there's, just, there's almost a wall that you hit initially trying to play this thing, Ryan Hart. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. Did you encounter the same thing? It's like it's one thing to maybe want to play even just as good as Dan Aykroyd. It's another thing to actually break through in an instrument, whereas Howard was saying it, it, somebody can't really teach you that easily exactly what to do. Uh, I had the luxury of ignorance. Uh, <laughs> I was playing as a kid, and I wasn't worried about uh, you know, I wasn't seeing any harmonic players live. You know, I was buying records, uh, you know, by the by the fistful. But I just played it because it was fun to do. And uh, eventually, as I got older, and opportunities opened up for me to play in high school bands and things like that, that I was I was ready. So I I never really. I I have I'll encounter adult students. You know, they'll come. I want to learn to play. Yeah, I've been playing a little bit. Can you help me get break through that wall? And I'll show them what they need to do and the amount of work. And they go, "Oh, gee, I didn't think it was that much work." And they <laughs> they they pack it in. And I never had that. You know, I, I as uh, you know, I certainly had to figure things out. And um, but I never was like, "Oh my God, I need to get better now. I have so much to learn." You know, Howard Levy, before we lose you to the taxi and the airplane, you know, he just said an interesting thing. And I had wondered about this, whether the harmonica labors under a certain cultural disadvantage or at least this kind of uh, this idea that the casual observer has that, oh, yeah, well, you know, somebody like Bob Dylan or somebody, he wants to make a little bit more noise uh, than just playing the piano or maybe some singer who, who wants to play an instrument in addition to his singing. So the harmonica, like how hard could it be that that in, on the one hand, we're describing it as this incredibly difficult instrument to learn. But I wonder, is there a prejudice that people have against the harmonica? Like, oh, yeah, it's just something somebody oh, just oh, adds def- to them. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I've been insulted more times than, <laughs> than, I, than I would even care to admit by, by people in the jazz world. And, you know, they look at me and they start laughing, like, you're going to play that thing, you know. And uh, because people do have an image of it based on, you know, what, what maybe the last thing they heard. You know, so if they heard Bob Dylan, they think that's all it can do. You know, it, it, it's um, because the harmonica can be played you know, at that level of just put it in your mouth and it'll play chords. It's the, it's the only wind instrument that can do that. You know, someone who totally doesn't know what they're doing can, can make a sound that sounds like something people have heard on records, you know. Well, if someone got up with a saxophone like that on stage and, and bladded through it, they'd, they'd throw tomatoes at them, you know. So it, it is a sort of a multi-level instrument. And then people are shocked when you can play anything other than, like, simple folk music. I mean, they hear someone play blues, it just it just blows their mind because uh, you know it seems impossible that you could play that on that instrument. So 
Yeah. You know, oops, taxi drivers. Yeah, I, I, it sounds like the taxi driver. Really. Howard Levy, so, uh, so great okay, to talk to you. Okay, uh, guys, uh, nice to almost meet you in uh, <laughs> virtual. All right, yes, thanks so much for joining us today. That was uh, Howard Levy, uh, a master of the instrument. We're going to take a break here in just a second. But maybe before we take that break, um, is there a way that we can maybe even just sort of use the three, three guys in the studio just to demonstrate? I mean, it seems to me that obviously you can play a guitar a lot of different ways. You can play Segovia. You can play uh, Keith Richards. You can. There's a, a lot of instruments you can play a lot of uh, different ways. But the harmonica really does strike me as one that's played in so many radically different styles. Right. So, Chris, can you just start out by sort of giving us a sense of the, your, your jazz style sure. of playing harmonica? And maybe we'll, sort of, we'll go around the table here. And hear uh, a little yeah, style this, each way. this is an idea that this is a beautiful song by the great Brazilian composer Joe Beam. And it's called the one-note samba, and the reason why I picked it is because you can see that on the diatonic harmonica, you could pick these one notes out. But the bridge, or when it, the song changes after eight bars, goes to another section, and that's a completely whole another set of notes. Uh, in this particular case, it goes to G minor and F minor, but it starts out like this. So that's solo harmonica in a jazz style. Right. We're all, we can't possibly clap loud enough to do that justice. <laughs> so, um, so Don Stefano, you want to give us sort of a different style, um, a different way? Of, uh, <coughs> Since I play kind of like a cover band, I'm called to, on to play virtually everything, especially, yeah. you know, we do a lot of weddings, and we always get requests for the strangest stuff, and I always somehow <laughs> have to try to make the harmonica work. Yeah. And uh, this is, I'm not really adept at this style, but I don't think a lot of people hear this, but occasionally we do bar mitzvahs, and sometimes I'm called upon to do a horror. <laughs> and, it's, and it can be done, you know, it's like... All right, they've left you plenty to work with, Ryan Hart. What do you What do you want to give us? Uh, give us a different style. They took all my stuff. I was going to play both <laughs> those tunes together. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll do this one. This is a uh, um, something like Sonny Boy Williamson would play all by himself. He's got. Uh, I've got this lower tune harmonica right here that it sounds a little bit like this. <laughs> Different key. Yeah, all right. Uh, bravo, bravo. Let me grab a quick question here. This may be a question that is more up to Pino's alley than anybody else's. Let's just see. Here's Henry from Groton. Hi, Henry. Hi, how are you? Just fine. Uh, listen, I'm loving the show. I'm a big fan of Lee Oscar. I 
got a record of his turned on to me by a, a player back in the 70s. Uh, it was called Before the Rain, and I know that he found it, maybe it wasn't founded, but was a big member of the band War. I heard one of your guests say something about Belgium and uh, Europe and the harmonic and how big it was over there. And if I remember, Lee Oscar is from uh, somewhere over there, but I can't Denmark. remember anything else. I think he's from Denmark. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. I was wrong. It's not Chris DiPino. He's pointing at Don DiStefano, <laughs> so Don DiStefano will enlighten you further. Yeah, I know. I've met Lee. Um, I play similar stylus. He's one of my big heroes. Um, what would you like to know about Lee? Oh, sorry. I put oh, him on hold. He, put him on hold. Oh. Any, anything in particular that you wanted to know, Henry? Nah, Henry gave up. Henry All right. Up. So what we're going to do here is um, is we're going to take a quick break. As we go out, uh, you're going to hear Howard Levy playing Amazing Grace. And uh, when we come back, we'll add one more voice to the conversation. Trina Hamlin want to talk a little bit about the, the gender barrier in harmonica. I don't know if there is one, but there don't seem to be that many women players. You are listening to a rebroadcast of The Colin McEnroe Show. It was originally recorded November 19, 2013. In studio with me, Don DiStefano, Chris DiPino, and Ryan Hart, all accomplished virtuosos on the harmonica. I suppose accomplished virtuosos is a tautology. Uh, but we're also – I'm going to have a little conversation too. As we were planning this show, one of the first things that – I said, particularly as the, the names of the guests started to pile up, I said, well, where's the woman? Where's the woman on this show? And I started asking around, asking other um, uh, musicians uh, who, who played the harmonica. And there are some really fabulous women harmonica players, but they, I think proportionately they're, they're a smaller group than they are in a lot of, uh, in, uh, for a lot of instruments. So anyway, joining us right now is Trina Hamlin. She's an independent touring musician who is, in fact, known for her harmonica playing. So Trina Hamlin, first of all, let's ask that big question. Any theories about why, in fact, women aren't as prominently featured on the harmonica as they are on so many other instruments? To be honest, I hate to say, I wish I had the definitive answer, but I actually don't. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's actually no reason. I mean, in one sense, you would almost think, I, I, the re I came to it through singing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a piano player, I'm a guitar player, but I, I, and a rhythmic a percussionist. And I came through it from a vocal end. Um, and maybe, I don't know, Howard came through piano, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but I, yeah, there's absolutely, except for the fact that most of the players that, you know, have been kind of reigning over the instrument all these years were men. But there's really, you know, except for what is it, Big Mama Thornton and uh, Minnie Wallace back in the day. But otherwise, yeah, you're right. Nobody, they don't, they don't publicize it yet. Uh, there's a website called harmonicas.com, um, a really... A blues aficionado named Norm Davis created this because he had the same question. He's like, where where are the women? Um, and he dug up about, I would say there's at least 150 names, mm -hmm. and I know there are a ton more than that. Yeah, and I do recommend if people want to hear uh, a certain kind of virtuosic playing, um, just on YouTube, check out Susan Sauer, S-A-U-E-R. I think she's German, very young, um, playing 
uh, classical singer, repertoire. Yeah, just, just, you know, YouTube, yeah, yeah. B- yeah Piazzolla stuff, and she's she's really really good. So Trina, you know, as somebody who sort of comes out a little bit more of the the folk and singer songwriter background, you know, uh, on the one hand, I think Don DeStefano was saying earlier, talking about Paul Butterfield, one of the first people to kind of really introduce the, the harmonica to blues rock, you know, and and the, the fusion of those two genres. Um, and, and at the same time, you've got Bob Dylan, uh, one of the people in, in introducing it to to folk and but Dylan I don't know first of all is Bob Dylan a good harmonica player I can never tell no <laughs> no you know what though hold on when I first started playing I have to admit I could not stand to listen to the man it was one of those things where I think uh, Chris earlier you said you know harmonica is a pleasant sound you want to hear but it's really not the case all the time <laughs> um, there's there's so many moments where you're like what the hell is that uh, anyway. But um, but now that I go back and listen to Dylan, yeah, sure, he's messing around. He can't play, you know, he's not playing fantastic scales, but he's quoting weird melodies within what he's doing. I'll give him credit for that. I mean, he's he's sloppy in a certain way that works for him. Um, it, would I consider him, you know, among you guys and all of us on the panel? I don't know. I don't know if Bob could, you know, at the end of the day, if we could take him out of his genre, maybe he actually can play. But that's what he feels he needs to do for what he's doing. Heads are shaking here in the studio. I think Bob Dylan proves that you can play an instrument for 60 years and still be absolutely horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get Bob on the phone? Yeah. (laughs) We we try every day. Every every topic he would have something to say. So um, so, uh, let me ask you this too, Trina Hamlin. Was it the case also that um, I'm assuming what happened with you is, uh, as you were sort of saying, first you're a musician, you play guitar, you sing, maybe you want to add harmonica. Was there sort of a moment at which you felt courageous enough to, to add that in terms of a public performance? I mean, maybe you didn't want to sound like too much like Bob Dylan. Maybe you really wanted to... Uh, to did, how did you know when you were ready to play the harmonica in front of other people? Um, you know what? I don't think I knew. I had really good friends that were, I'm going to say, unintelligent enough to let me on stage with them at any moment's time. So I was prob- I'd probably started playing maybe two months in and somebody was like, well, just play. So I just started playing. Um, I had enough musicality that I could find something there and make it work with what was going on. But I had friends that were jamming on reggae, so I would try to play with them. And I played, you know, with whatever. Um, but that was up in Boston, you know, and it was great. And um, so there wasn't really a time frame. I just hyperventilated a lot in the beginning and, and wandered around and played. Uh, I tried listening to the blues players um, and it confused me because, like Howard said, you can't see the instrument. So to listen to somebody who actually can play, you look at that instrument and, and it's mind-boggling. You know, at least, you know. I want to ask the panel a little bit about this too. Uh, uh, just even she said hyperventilated, and I sort of wondered about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it? I, obviously, as Howard Levy was saying at the beginning, it's the only instrument you can play breathing out and breathing in, but right. it also means that you really don't have any luxury breath, right? So do, is that something you have to learn? I mean, do, do you, you know, yeah, anybody I, I think because yeah. of the layout of the instrument, you can actually keep the music going longer yeah. than, you know, I can, on a saxophone, you can only hold a note for so long, and yeah. then you got to take a breath, whereas you can just stick the thing in your mouth, and as long as you're breathing, it's making music. Robert Klein used to do that thing. Uh, Robert Klein used to do the thing where he said that you should use it in intensive care. Right, yeah, yeah. Just tell that the patients are breathing. Just put the harmonic in their mouth. And when they die, it sounds yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it, and ironically but true, it's actually a very proven medical therapeutic instrument. Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. been used a lot now for 
Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I've gone into schools and, and, and some medical institutions and taught because it's for anybody recovering from anything respiratory, it's the best way to get them to breathe in and out and not really think about it. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the history of it. You know, we, we, I was referring to a, a book about it that I, I read that was very helpful to me anyway, kind of understanding more about the harmonica. And it, the subtitle refers to it as the people's instrument, which I, I think is some, something that it's been known as a lot. But who can get us started here? Who can uh, – one of my studio guys uh, tell me a little bit about the, the, the birth of the harmonica. I believe it was Christian Bushman in the 1830s or so who took – 1821. Okay, there you go. You've got <laughs> notes in front of you. You're cheating. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, who took little metal reeds and put them in, in uh, a box and you could you could play around with it and you just sort of make – I don't think it, it made music per se. It just made noise. Mm-hmm. And then a short while later, another German guy named Richter took 10 of them, 20 of 20 reeds and put them in the box and that's how we get the, the – you know, Ten whole harmonica that we know and love, and from there you get guys like uh, Seidel and Honer, and and uh, for whatever reason it was Germany, um, yeah. and that's what they were made yeah. to to play German folk music stuff like. You know that that's what it was invented for, and eventually it made its way over here, and and uh, uh, African Americans made it cool. Left out one key date, yeah, 1927. And that was? The first chromatic harmonic. That was the first chromatic. Yeah. And, ah. All right. And if, once again, for people who aren't musically inclined, you know, we're using that, that term chromatic and diatonic and stuff like that. So, Chris, explain what you mean. What, what, what would a chromatic, chromatic harmonica be again? A chromatic harmonica has the same range as the flute, mm. and it is – this is why the genius of Levy, he invented how to play chromatic on diatonic by – Hmm. moving his breath, but the chromatic harmonica is basically a key of C harmonica mm-hmm. with 12 holes and three octaves and a key of C sharp harmonica with 12 holes and three octaves, and they're laced on top of each other, and so every hole, instead of having two notes mm-hmm. that the diatonic would give you outside the variations you can do with your breath, the chromatic would give you four, so it would be like... <laughs> And you would get the chromatic scale, which is all the black, for everybody who doesn't know music, it's all the black keys and all the white keys on the piano. Yeah, it's like you get the whole piano. And that's the musical, Western musical spectrum. I love the fact that nobody can, no harmonica player can tell you anything without illustrating it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a, and there's actually a lot of other harmonicas, too. There's bass harmonica, chord yes. harmonicas. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? what, well, one of the other things that happened right away, we want to go to Maggie in South Windsor in just a second because she's got something uh, right on point with something that Trina was saying before, too. But another thing that happened pretty early with harmonicas was um, getting them to soldiers. Um, uh, there were mouth organs, I think, that probably weren't exactly harmonicas being used by Civil War soldiers. But by the time of World War One, there are these giant initiatives. I think uh, the British Army tried to make sure that every soldier had a harmonica. It's just like a great way to pass time. You're nodding. You know about this. Yeah, no, that's – in uh, the Harmonica, I think for everybody, including me and anyone else, has always been somebody's best friend. I mean, think about it. You put this thing in your pocket and hours, hours and hours a day go by. Portability. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, a very, very small object. And, that, and a rare case with a soldier, if it's in the right pocket at the right time, it may stop a bullet. Well, there's supposed <laughs> there's a there's a yeah, there's a probably apocryphal story that Frank James, the brother of Jesse James, was spared that way yeah. that that a harmonica in his pocket and stopped a bullet. Let me grab a call here from Maggie because, uh, in fact, Trina Hamlin was saying something before about uh, about music therapy, and I think this is something that Maggie does. Hi, you're on the air, Maggie. Hi, this is Maggie, and um, yes, I'm a board certified music therapist. And um, I'm in private practice around the greater Hartford area. And I thought it was kind of cool when um, Kayom put on her Facebook page that you guys were going to be talking about this. And it sounds that you've already mentioned um, some of the therapeutic uh, benefit of playing the harmonica. And I was just going to tell you a little bit about um, one of my private clients I see um, and how I use harmonica. Um, so he is about 10 years old, and he's a, a child with autism. And he has trouble with um, basically speech production. So instead of um, you know speaking like we all speak, he actually kind of inhales when he speaks. He goes <laughs> like that when he speaks. So um, I use the harmonica, um, much like your guest had mentioned, uh, to give him breath support um, and teaching him how to actually properly breathe so he can support his vocal production. And um, I do this, I kind of wrote an improvisational song um, in the key of C, um, so that fits with, I guess it's a diatonic um, harmonica, so I go back and forth between um, key of uh, C and the key of G, because we've got the one and the five um, being the... Uh, the breathing out and the breathing in. And basically, I uh, prompt him on cue to be able to play the harmonica both out and in. So um, it gives great um, oral feedback, um, I found, with kids with autism. Um, a lot of kids with autism um, have other oral things that they chewies and things and vibrate in their mouths. And I find that this is an excellent way to give him that feedback. And he's really motivated, and he loves it. That's amazing. Thank you so, uh, for sharing this. Uh, before we go on, anything else? We were talking about the, uh, the harmonica in history uh, on, in, for soldiers on the frontier. And, of course, there's one other frontier, that's space. Uh, and Don DiStefano yeah. was saying it, it's so incredibly easy, so portable, so small and portable. So Wally Shira in 1965 actually sneaked a harmonica into his spacesuit somehow. Uh, let's hear a little bit of that in outer space. All right, maybe maybe not great. Uh, yeah, great not the technique. best fidelity, <laughs> not, not the best fidelity in recording yeah. either. Um, the setup for that was he claimed that he, they were seeing an unidentified object that it had bells and, and, and stuff like that. Fat man, Santa yeah. uh, but but he had not told anybody he was going to do that too. So actually, at the end of the tape, you can hear somebody back at Mission Control just laughing and saying, "All right, you're too much." So that's the is there is there a harmonica play a personality? Is there like you know, you guys all seem a little. A little mischievous. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think to put up with the um, sort of bad reputation that the harmonica has, that you have to be uh, a little thick-skinned, a little perseverant, <laughs> and uh, and a little uh, twisted as well to be attracted to such a, a weird little thing. I think. But yeah. I'm only speaking for myself, not these other two fine gentlemen. And I think the uh, the whole Blues Brothers thing, Elwood Blues, had a lot to do with the kind of the whole blues man mystique. 
You know, while we're on the subject of the Blues Brothers and sort of the, the rock and roll version of the harmonica, I mean, another thing that we, we've grown used to, those of us who are just sort of casual observers, is seeing somebody sort of combine a harmonica and a microphone somehow. But, you know, somebody else has. So is there a special technique to that that you guys have to learn that you sort of make the whole thing work with a microphone? I think so. I think that playing electric amplified harmonica is an instrument unto itself. Mm. Uh, the, the technique of holding the microphone uh, is important, and the the different techniques you can do while holding the microphone. You know, you can't you can't do a lot of the kind of wah wah hand things that you think of uh, playing, you know, country style or whatever. Um, and then the whole you know an amplifier and and getting heard, and it's it's a whole another instrument, I think, and I I approach it that way too. Any other comments? Yeah. I, I look for a clean microphone, as clean as possible. I yeah. use a, a Shure Beta 58, uh, and uh, I usually play right through the PA system and have the engineer just give you the best, cleanest sound you have, a little treble. But it's different because we're playing in a – it's a different genre. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm playing Days of Wine and Roses, and that's a whole different place. Yeah. It's been said in an interview with Little Walter that he would actually cup the mic so tight and he would claim that he could actually hold like air within the harmonica, his mouth and the back of his hands wow. against the mic and be and said it would not it would give I him like more yeah. air. I he would have to breathe as hard. Yeah, I can it, actually yeah. hold yeah. the mic tight enough that I can make the blow reads and draw reads yeah. play at the same it's time. Really? The, yeah, part of Little Walter. That's part of the, the whole Little Walter mystique is <laughs> – of holding a cupping a mic like that. All right. I learned something today. Thank you. All right. So I didn't understand any of that, but that's fine. Uh, I don't need to. Why don't we grab a quick break here? We want to have time uh, when we come back. Uh, one of them, I don't know who, is going to give Wolfie a harmonica lesson. So we may have another woman harmonica player to join the ranks with Trina Hamlin when this is over. You're listening to a rebroadcast of The Colin McEnroe Show. It was originally recorded November 19, 2013. Never play your harmonica right after eating a Butterfinger. I've got a real mess here. Today's show was produced by Betsy Kaplan and me, with help from our interns Garrett Connolly and Albert Gordon. The part of Bill Curry was played by Stevie Wonder. For links, stories, and photos of the Faith Middleton Show staff playing a giant harmonica made out of laminated strips of chopped liver, please visit our website at wnpr.org. Thanks to Greg Hill for tweet mastering. And now, back to Colin. Uh, we're getting ready uh, to, to do a lesson here in the studio. So, uh, and while that's happening, I'll, let me ask Trina Hamilton, uh, Hamlin, excuse me, Trina Hamlin. Uh, well, I said I had to figure out where, 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 where Trina Hamlin is on my board. There she is. Uh, I want to ask Trina Hamlin, uh, what advice would you give to somebody who's picking up the harmonica for the first time? What, what, uh, as Kion as Wolf gets ready to have her first harmonica lesson, uh, if it, anybody's out there listening and thinking, yeah, maybe I'll try it too, what, what would you tell them to start out? I guess the first thing I'm going to tell it's Wolfie. Wolfie, yeah, you can say Wolfie, yeah. Yeah. So just just remember that it doesn't take as much air as you think. You okay. don't have to eat it. Yeah, that will be the keep you from hyperventilating. All right, that's so, my first. And and you know, how about uh, somebody is thinking about going out and buying a harmonica? You can probably get one for eight dollars somewhere, but I'm assuming that's a bad don't idea. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> Spend like twenty to thirty at least. 
Yeah. Would you guys agree with that? Put it down for your first harmonica. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So the you can get something decent for twenty five bucks. Yeah, I mean, even if you, right. you're at the bookstore and you see those five dollar ones, and you, you just want to honk on it, and yeah, but it might be used. You got to be careful. Well, yeah, just kidding. Uh, they used to be two dollars at Manny's on Forty Seventh Street yeah. when I was working the railroad back in the day, and yeah, for the longest time, a ring band's five bucks in the seventies. Yeah. where are they now? Yeah, thirty I think forty. My bucks. first one in yeah. in let's see, nineteen eighty. Seven eighty six uh, was like twelve dollars, and now they're. 50, so. All right, so over the course of the history of our show, Kion Wolf has gotten lessons on the ukulele, the banjo, and the spoons from various virtual players who have been here in our studio. Uh, she always seems to be able to figure out how to do it pretty well. Uh, but this this is a new frontier. So who's gonna who's their main coach? Is Don going to be I guess okay. I guess I volunteered so for this. Okay. So tell her what to do. Um, well, first thing, always try to learn to breathe from your diaphragm. Breathe from your gut. You'll see a lot of people, when they first start, they kind of like try to push air in and out with their cheeks like going mm-hmm. no you want to breathe from your gut so nothing shallow yep yeah. from gut and then lie down on the floor yeah lie down on the floor and also you all get in the habit of Seriously. trying to tap out a rhythm with your foot which helps yeah I can do that we won't get anything too advanced like tongue blocking even single note productions will tough but we can just get you started on a train rhythm okay. train rhythm but okay I can easy. do that what I do is I would put the harmonic cover the lower three holes, one, two, and three uh-huh. of the harmonica. Chris is going to show her. Chris cool. is going to show you. Got yeah. that? One, two, three. Got it. All right. So you don't even have to like worry about getting a single note. You're just going to get a chord. And that's, you're going to breathe in on it, and that's like a G chord. Oh, a I'm covering the, oh, I'm covering the, the first three with my mouth. Yeah, you I got thought it. you wanted me to do it with my phone. I didn't understand that either. No. Nice. Well, lesson's over. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you just produced the G chord. It's right. beautiful. Well, you do just like a simple train rhythm. Basically, what you would do is use the tip of your tongue and make like a dit dit sound. Dit dit. I can make you want to make two on the dr- on the draw and then two on the blow. There you got it. You got a train going. That's it. Hey. The conductor is joining in with her. Can we talk about the the, the wah, 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 wah thing you just did? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you do that? That's basically you have to narrow your lip down. All right. You want it like you're sucking on a straw. Okay. And you want to breathe in, basically breathing in. I think what were you on the four draw there? That's what the, the two or three. Four, four and five. Or yeah, five four and, and four. Six. Yeah, around there. And just breathe in okay, and then you go. I see you moving your hand behind the, the instrument. Yep. And I'm sort of cupping it, and I'm almost it's smacking it around. <laughs> you know what's great about radio is that nobody knows right. <laughs> who's doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, we could actually, actually, actually we could we could sell easy harmonica lessons. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Just yeah. uh, just look at that. She she knows great. nothing, and in five minutes we'll have her playing jazz like Chris yeah, Pino. At the end of the show, we're all going to rock out. I'll I'll take the lead. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that, well, so is, is that 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 actually was very impressive. Yeah. I I don't it's think. Well, I like Trina. I like that Trina told me to lie down on the floor. I like that. If you lie down, the, what was that, Trina? Yeah, say if that again, you lie Trina. down on the floor, the only way you can breathe is from your diaphragm. You aren't going to be like. 
you'll 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 breathe properly. Just try it sometime. I will try. I'll try and it. And actually, it's very difficult to learn to play from your diaphragm when you're sitting. I always get my students to. It's much easier yeah. to do it when you're standing. And once you learn how to do it, and you've trained your muscles in your diaphragm, do you can do it sitting all the time. But as a beginner, you definitely, like she said, either lying down or standing up, you find it much easier to be able to breathe from your mm-hmm. diaphragm. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you that we sort of didn't cover, although we keep alluding to it in different ways, is how, how harmonica players judge other harmonica players. In other words, I was coming back from a, a gig in, uh, in Mansfield on Sunday, and without really thinking that I was going to be doing a harmonica show, I happened just to throw in one of my Stevie Wonder's greatest hit CDs. And I, I listened to him play, and he really sounds to me like an amazing harmonica he's player. He's God. He's yeah. another he's he's Him and two yeah. Salmons. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a genius. I, absolutely yeah. I genius. love Stevie Wonder's, like, probably my all-time favorite. But, yeah. but how, do you, how do, you, do you judge just the way any music fan would yeah. judge, or, or are you looking for, for different things in terms of technique or, or what, they, what you know they can do? <laughs> it, de- it depends what they're playing, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I, I can t- I could say this affectionately, lo- gratefully. The, the two people in the room here, and I've listened to Trina online, are fabulous players. And so the music is sweet, mm-hmm. and that's that's the measure of the musician. But Chris, when you say you know Toots Thielman is, is a god, uh, yeah. I think was your original term. Right. I mean, there are other jazz uh, harmonica players. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, well, although with us, one thing about him is, even if you're a rock and roll fan, at a certain point, groups like Steely Dan and people, they started recruiting him too. Yeah. I started seeing his name on liner notes for really cool jazz-oriented uh, rock uh, CDs. But but is it once again? Are you just judging him the way you judge any soloist on any instrument, or is that uh, is there a specific thing to, that he's doing with the harmonica? Well, like a lot like Howard Levy, he invented the jazz language on harmonica in innumerable ways. And he's 90 years old. He lives in Belgium, Toots Thielmans. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone who plays chromatic harmonica is, is a direct descendant of him. So, And he's a genius. Mm-hmm. He, he was a recording uh, instrumentalist, a guitar player, and an absolute genius because he always found the right note. Mm. He was the whistler on the old Irish yes, spring commercials. Right. Yeah, no, it's Old Spice, I think. Or, or, yeah, or Old Spice. Yeah, yeah. either way. Yeah, yeah well, and uh, Toots is such a huge figure in uh, in jazz. You know, he's he was the first, and really still seventy years later, there's still only a handful. It's hard to be a jazz harmonica player and not sound like Toots Thielman. And there, and just like you know, blues, there's a lot more blues harmonica players than there are jazz harmonica players. <coughs> but it's still hard to play blues harmonica and not sound like Little Walter or James Cotton. And if you're a diatonic overblow guy like Howard Levy, and there's a whole bunch of Howard Levy's, uh, you know, guys trying to play like that, you know, they they sound like Howard Levy. And the few that have their own style, that have their own sound within those genres are the, the guys that really, uh, I think, have, have uh, you know done something new and, and really stand out and don't sound like everybody else. And, and you know, Don, from my ignoramus uh, perspective, I thought w- one of the things that jumped out at me even just listening to Stevie Wonder on Sunday is he almost sounds more like a jazz guy playing in a rock and, and pop idiom. In other words, mm. he's playing kind of the way Chris played at the beginning, like really emphasizing the single notes. Yeah, well, he's a chrom- primarily chromatic player. He does play a little diatonic here and there, but 
I mean, he plays more like an R and B funk kind of context. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he he's like got he's got serious jazz chops. And there are rare albums that he's done that are huge collector's items of him doing like all instrumental jazz albums, which are out of print, and harmonica players will cut the right arm off to, if they find him in a you know mm-hmm. in a used record bin somewhere where he's just been recorded like in a jazz idiom. Um, yeah, actually, and online you can see him playing uh, harmonica in Chick Corea's Spain. There's a, unbelievable, a, yeah, yeah. A, a nice YouTube recording of that. And so, Trina, within the the genre that you work you work in, more the kind of folk and singer songwriter genre, are there virtuosos, or is it always more of kind of a complement to everything else that's being done? I I think that there are virtuosos in the sense that it's just a matter of I mean, yes, it's technical, but it's also feel, and mm-hmm. it's not a matter of the amount of notes. It's more like, how does it feel? Is it is it working for you? Is it moving you? I mean, the I think. How does it I, feel? I, I we're, we're, back, we're back to quoting Dylan already. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and and the, you know, and that and honestly, from the even though I get put into the folk line, folk singer songwriter line, I play primarily cross harp. Mm. Um, I've never been a Neil Young, Bob Dylan style player, just because I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, um, also, the first of all, we, ending of a voice. We want uh, everybody to uh, get on online after the show at wnpr.org and discover all the artists that we're talking to today. We'll have stuff about them, and you're going to want to know more about their work. But they're going to go out with a little jam here. Did, did you guys figure out something you could all play together here as we as we head out? Be all good if you all played in the same key. Yeah. When, it, no, when in actually, doubt, play a shuffle and G, baby. Shuffle and G. Great. All right, here we actually, go. Actually, I have a low tune harmonic. I'll, I'll cover the bottom for go. a little bit. All right, and as they're doing that, just you can just start playing, but thanks to Ryan Hart, and thanks to Trina Hamlin, thanks to Don DiStefano, Chris DiPino, Howard Levy at the beginning of the show, too. I'm Kion Wolf. This is my first time uh, playing the harmonica, so uh, here we go. Uh, I'm bombing. What would Howard Levy do? <laughs> 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 